2: Heart and Hand is delighted to be partnering up once again with NordVPN, the premier VPN service available. You can safely search out what you like anywhere in the world with NordVPN and make sure that your privacy is protected. Go to nordvpn.com for the full range of offers. everyone and welcome back and I do mean back to a very special podcast. Uh, those of you who've been listening for a long time will know that a few seasons ago, coincidentally or not, uh, our, our most successful one in recent years, uh, we had a, a monthly show where I would get together a couple of my close friends representing the visual the written and the audio wings of Rangers fan media. So joining me today, delighted to say, is first of all, from Four Lads Had a Dream, and the Rangers Review, of course, it's Stevie Clifford and Hartman Hand. You're a renaissance man, Stevie.
3: Yeah, I'm just a whore for whoever I'll be. (laughs) I'm absolutely delighted to be back, lads. It's been too long. And he's actually got something to
2: push today, something that even he'll want to push. So at the end of the show, we'll we'll be able to get him to do that. And of course, to bring the average age of the pod (laughs) down, and certainly the average hair of the pod right up, (laughs) is of course, the wonderful (laughs) CJ Novo. Good afternoon, CJ. How goes it, my man? Afternoon. It's been a while, gentlemen. How's things? Uh, Far, far too long. And listen, I just want to... Right. Some people use the word heroes and i i I wouldn't use it but if others want to uh yesterday afternoon early afternoon we said well stevie to be fair said we should do the show Uh, i will do the show and we won now some people will say it had nothing to do with it those people are liars and those people should shut right because it's not it's not the case but bloody hell, CJ, did we make life difficult yesterday afternoon as we took on Hearts?
1: Oh, it didn't have me. It's never, it's never easy, it's never simple. Eh? You go into a Sunday game, there's been dropped points elsewhere, you're feeling good about yourself, and then Rangers just like to make you put through the ringer. <laughs> last, the last nine minutes was great, mate, I loved it. Yeah. I don't know about the rest of it, but the last nine minutes were great. Yeah, the first 90, which is usually yeah, a problem. back in football
2: if the first 90 <laughs> is poor. Um, but you cannot beat the feeling of a last-minute winner. And listen, before we get stuck in today, I'm just going to say, if you're the type of person who says that, oh, we won, so you should be totally upbeat, that's probably not going to be the case today because we're a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Equally, if you're the type of person who says you shouldn't be happy at all because we were so bad, it's not going to be the case either because if you can't enjoy... Two injury time goals to win a match. Then, you know, football. That's what it's about for me. It's those moments that um, in the in the gantry when Stevie hurtled along about six feet in a nanosecond to grab me and and we're throwing each other up in the air. That's that's what football's about. Stevie, we spoke going to the game yesterday. Stevie and I go to the games together, and we spoke going up yesterday. That for us the test was. It feels like, and I'm sure there maybe isn't, but it does feel like every single time Celtic have given us a glimmer. And it's only a glimmer, right? Because they have a big lead, even still, unfortunately. It's more than a game. That's a big lead as far as I'm concerned. But we have failed. And it's almost like the pressure, the added pressure, the added expectation being put on the squad seems to corrode what they do. And I have to admit for 90 minutes yesterday, I thought this is going to happen again because it was a performance of a team who had played a European game on Thursday. Absolutely it was. But when you have a fixture after Europe and you have to learn how to cope with it, and they've they've been around the block long enough to know, you can't ask for any more than a home fixture. It's not an early kick-off and against a team who have been struggling. Let's not kid ourselves. If you take away the fact that it's Hearts, third biggest team in Scotland, they're they're not a good side so far this season. And I thought Rangers, to be quite honest, in the first half in particular, were wretched.
3: Yeah, um, it wasn't a good performance. It wasn't a good individual or collective team performance. And I've got to be honest with you, David, I wouldn't lie to either, obvious. I had already written out the obituary, so to speak, in the in the blog for the report. I think it started with failure failures. They always let us down, and that's the way I felt. And I've never been so happy to select all and delete a <laughs> paragraph or so that I'd already written. And I like you yesterday, David, and it was interesting because when you watch the highlights, it's something I really enjoyed when watching the highlights back. But I didn't really celebrate the penalty equaliser. In my mind, it was still not enough. But you could actually hear the, the stadium. And I, and I, it's really good. If you haven't seen this, go and watch the, the penalty replay. You can actually st- hear the stadium in unison. Kind of roar, come on. And it was a small cheer for the goal. And then everybody just got behind them. and there I, was a, was a separate coach. cheer
2: at kick-off. There was a separate cheer, you're right.
3: Yeah, there was a massive change in atmosphere and well done to everyone that stuck around because they literally roared that team on. And as soon as he equalised, then the nine minutes went up, the crowd just got behind them and there was a definite change which we needed and it wasn't perfect yesterday. Far from it, we'll get into it. But as CJ said at the start of the show, you know, that last nine minutes was a joy. And yes, folks, I did hurtle down the gantry to get to David. And a mixture of relief and thank goodness, because the amount of times we've driven home from defeats and hardly spoke to each other and had that feeling of utter dejection, you know, I had it all in my head. Here we are, go again. The podcast tomorrow is going to be negative. It's going to be, you know, blah blah blah. But that was that was enjoyable. So well done, to everybody. I think the crowd made a massive difference. CJ, a
2: phrase that people used to me last night, and and it is appropriate. I do understand that is, well, it it was great, but we're papering over the cracks. And I think that it's actually quite a telling phrase because when you paper over cracks, it's because the foundation of the house isn't good, isn't strong. Yeah, And unfortunately, that's the case. I, I think that's really all the manager can do at the moment because we know that the squad building in the summer was not good. I agree we needed to upgrade certain players cholak for one was one i felt we we needed better than but we haven't got better than what we had and that's been the problem so there's actually been quite a big regression and had we lost yesterday that would have been a third home defeat in six matches which tells you something so i actually agree that it's papering over the cracks but not in a negative way because i think that the manager has come in. He's clearly not impressed with the fitness of the squad. And, no, he, clearly clear. believes, yes, and he clearly <laughs> believes that the fitness is causing injury. That's why we're getting so many injuries. Um But you can't change that. You can't do a pre-season when you're playing every three days. So I think he's having to manage with what he has.
1: No, I think you're absolutely spot on. And it's something you have to look at as what he's doing with what's gone wrong you say the foundations and that are falling apart to get the wins that he's got and even the draw which I thought was very good like it wasn't a great game but it was a great result almost yeah. the way it's kind of gone there I think that's all you can ask for him when he's coming in where we were like you said if we had lost that game for consecutive a lot of the new signings that we've actually brought in has contributed more booze than goals and assists you know what I mean it's been frustrating mm-hmm to see how it's been gone. So I think it's really, um, I think people need to actually give a wee bit more credit to Phil that he's able to twist and turn, like midweek in the European game, we had no left-backs, so we had to change formation. So I think it's something to look at and say, right, i maybe papering over the cracks, but that's showing his managerial um, abilities, in my opinion. So it's definitely something you can look at, but I think we need a lot of the new signings to actually start stepping up as there's only maybe two, you'd argue, out of the nine that we signed, that's performance, Seaman, Butland, the rest... Long, long way to go to show their upgrades and what we here previously.
2: Yeah, and and that's the thing because you know, if, would Cholak and Sakala have done better
1: than I think the numbers suggest? the right.
2: Dessers and Lammers, yes, they would. You know, would would Lowry or or Hadji contribute more than Lammers had? Probably. Now that's not to say they'd contribute enough.
1: You know, yeah, the, but that's the, the difference. Absolutely, yeah.
2: that's the thing. But they would contribute more. Stevie, um, again, we will chat before the game about. And we have to talk about it, C and Desers, and it's become almost one word. Um, Seaman and Dessers. Uh, sorry, not Seema, uh Lammers and Dessers. It's become almost one word but, because they've been put together. And there's a reason for that. Some players make slow starts. That can happen. As CG said, unfortunately, most of them have. But they can show you something in the time that they are here. For instance, Dowell, has moments, has bits you know, not not anything to convince anyone he's the answer or anything but you know, you can point to this or that, and this bit in a game and you, there's nothing and we're in, you know, virtually November now and with, with both both Lammers and Dessers there's, there hasn't been anything and, and the manager is playing them and I understand why, because you kind of have to try and get something out of them especially given the paucity of the squad it's not always like chock full of options um, and people were critical of him picking them yesterday. I, I wasn't because they they did okay uh, against Hibbs, and he probably thought right, okay, let's you know continue that. But again, really poor performances, very very desperately poor performances. The one thing I, I do disagree with the manager on is that Lamell staying on as long as he did perplex me um, because. I really don't get it, but he mentioned afterwards that Campwell only had 60-70 minutes in the legs, so he had to be aware of that, but I'm, I'm struggling to put any case together for the two of them, because right now they just look like awful signings that we're going to have to take a loss on.
3: Yeah, unfortunately there's not a lot there, is there? And people will say they weren't the only ones that performed badly yesterday. And I had a lot of people say to me last night, you've highlighted these guys, but you didn't say anything about Tav, who had a terrible 90 minutes. Tavenier did have an awful performance yesterday, but then he scores the penalty, which took a lot of balls to do. And then he gets up and he puts in a brilliant assist for the second goal. So the reason James Tavenier, who equally was his poor, doesn't get criticism is because he has the balls to get big moments. Unfortunately for Dessers and Lammers, they don't look anywhere near like they're going to produce not only big moments but little moments, David, because you know, you look at Lammers in particular. I, at least with Dessers, you can see he's trying and you can see he's putting himself about. Unfortunately it's not working for him, but at least you can you can at least say to yourself, right, he's doing that. I don't see it with Lammers in the slightest. I think he looks half hearted, everything's a half job. Half jog, he dips his toe in, which is a trait that I can't stand. And people ask, you know, what do you mean? I mean that like he goes in to a 50-50 and it's a 20-80 in favour of the other person because he's going half-hearted. And it sounds critical, but I'm just not seeing anything. And, and this is from a guy that I really thought he almost hoodwinked all of us in pre-season because he looked like he was going to be the real deal. And we look now at the end of October, fastly coming into November, and he looks like he's got nothing to him at all. And he's not the only ones. These guys aren't the only ones, right? But here's the difference. There's Danilo, who's who's not set the world on fire yet, but looks like he's got something about him. And we can all say, hold on, no, he's not done great yet. But in the limited kind of glimpses we've shown, this boy can finish at least. And he can hold it up. He can link in. He looks like a number nine. And, it, and there's a potential there to get better, like Kieran Dowell, I don't think kane dill is going to be wonderful in any shape or form he's going to be our number eight for years to come but he's looked all right so the issue with him is not his performances but can we keep him fit okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry
0: Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Butlin's been a good sign, and Seymour's really come on, he can he can find the net, so you know he has moments like yesterday, maybe falls over the ball and stuff, but, so there's a handful of guys from the summer that you're saying, well at least these guys can play, Balogun was always going to be a backup, and he'll do fine in the games that he'll play, you know, Sifuentes, is there something to work with there? Possibly, he's not been fantastic, but there might be something there, but I'm sorry David, these two guys, and this was always the problem, I spoke about it a lot with you, I said it a lot on the review, I've written a lot about it in the blogs. I thought the summer was good. But Beal was always going to be judged by the big money signings. These are the two big money signings. And obviously Danil falls into that bracket, he's been discussed, but these boys for eight million pounds, they had to be right. And it, immediately, excuse me, immediately you you have big doubts and, and the issue isn't can they turn it around? Nobody's saying that anymore. The issue is, and people are now saying, instead of that, they're saying, how quickly can we get rid of these guys? And and that's not sustainable for them. And once this crowd makes up their mind, lads, that that's it. No,
1: nah, I agree with you, Stevie. I, I've just got a vibe whenever I watch and I, I feel like at the stadium or if I'm watching at home or ever. Whenever Lammers gets a touch, there's like you didn't get that excitement. you know, For best or worst, you can say what you want about Ryan Kent. There was always that moment like Kent could maybe do something. You know what I mean? It like, got people a little bit excited. There's a frustration you nearly know, like, every single time Lammers touches it. and When you look at his stats so far this year, he's played 19 games in all competitions. He has one goal and one assist and he's playing a large majority of the minutes, Stevie, that's what's the biggest worry, it's the fact he's staying on and doing that fair, if you look at Danilo, he's barely played, but he's got a good goal-to-game ratio, or goal-to-minute ratio, I should say, but looking at Lamers, it's just frustration, like you said, you can see some stuff with this I don't know if he's the most unluckiest human that's ever been, Stevie, like the way things seems to bounce off him, no go in, bounce off him, end up being a penalty against him, I don't know if he's unlucky, or if that's just who he is because obviously he's shown in his past he can be a really good forward. But I watch Lammers and I just then see what he is, I don't know if he's a centre-mid because he seems to float about the middle a lot I don't know if he's an attacker, doesn't He doesn't ever seem to drive towards the box whenever he gets a touch and he's certainly not a winger because Tavernier's out there on the right-hand side completely on his end, so it's it's just watching that, you can feel the frustration, we've all got the frustration and that's why every single home game there is that vibe every time we see him, so I agree with what David said a couple minutes ago there, he was shocked and surprised, I was surprised Lammers go by 25 minutes, if I'm honest That was when Hearts made that early sub, I thought that we were going to be making a change because we looked like a man doing, arguably two men doing for a large majority of that game.
3: Yeah, I would say, just quickly before David, bring David in on it. On that point, CJ, there's a a thing that kind of frustrates me with Sam Lambers. I don't know how you boys feel about this. He seems to do good things.
1: Yeah, that's annoying.
3: He's still 40 yards from goal. yeah, And that frustrates me. And then when he does get towards the goal, It's almost like he doubts himself and 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 he'll check back or he'll try and do something safe. And he's never really... Like, Todd Cantwell yesterday was trying to make things happen. Now, did he have a great game? I'm not so sure he had a wonderful game. But he was actively trying to affect the play. Now, he was forcing it. Sometimes he ran into trouble. He won the penalty. But he was actively getting involved in the bits that really matter. Can you honestly say that Sam Lammers is affecting the game the way he should? And that's a big thing for me, David. He he seems to be doing things 40 yards from goal, not where we really need it. And the the way things that he's doing isn't really... You know, does that make sense?
2: Yeah, there's form and there's confidence, right? Um, And he currently has neither. And unfortunately, as you lose out on, on... form, your confidence lowers and it's a vicious circle and I think we're seeing that with Sam Lammers but that he isn't doing enough to justify being in the side that's the issue because as you say that there's not even the odd moment here or there you could maybe point to the shot it was a good save from the goalkeeper in um, so... in Prague but bar that in two matches he just hasn't had much of an effect on on the games He's a strange footballer because he has touch. You can see he can control the ball. But it just yep. doesn't seem to ever really lead to anything. Um he, he you know, he can go by a man, but he doesn't seem to get away from the man, if that makes sense. Yep. Like he'll beat the man, but he won't get away. Maybe it's that lack of pace that we you know, burst that Cantwell has just to carry him away from a player. Um and I think that when McCausland came on. A couple of passes just right through the, you know, direct passes that, that could have put someone in. And it is just about, <sighs> there's a great phrase. I'm going to go well, an old story here. Um, Famously, Sir Alex Ferguson, he dropped Jim Layton for the 1990 FA Cup final replay after he had a howler. And he was asked about it later, and they said, well, you picked Les Sealy, your veteran number two. He said, well, it's not because Les is a better goalie than Jim, he's not, but right now he thinks he is. You know, And it was he was just talking about he'll go in confident and do what I need him to do, whereas Leighton, who was completely shot, couldn't. And I'm kind of like that with Lammers. And I'm not sure how you get it back, by the way, because we've tried playing him through it and it hasn't really happened at all. And I also think there's a point where the fans make their mind up and they really have, but also what can become difficult is if you become an emblem of a bad summer, these two are very much, I think, become the representatives. So when people think about Bill and the mess that he made in the summer, these are the two that come to mind immediately. And Stevie, you said in the summer and you're spot on, he won't get praised, bill for the likes of Butland because it's how you spend the money. We don't have much money and how you spend it is important. These were two of the big signings. And right now, we're not getting anything for the investment. Um, you've got to take them out the firing line. And also, for the sake of the team, you've got to take them at of the firing line. The fact that Deser's only lasted half a game yesterday tells you everything. Uh, we're going to Dundee midweek, and would I play Danilo and McCausland and place it to them? 100%.
1: Can I just say one last thing as well just about um, Sam Lammers because it's not just a Rangers thing because there's been a lot of people that's came here and maybe struggled and you not know, adapted to the league or maybe been slow starters. That's kind of been where his career's been for the last three, four years if you look at it. I mean, there was a period where four seasons where he scored nine goals. That's not a surprise. It's no a shock. This is unfortunately who he's been after bursting onto the scene, coming out of the traps, flying high, getting a big money move. This has been who he is for the last four years. So that's why I think there is justified frustration because it's been there. We've seen it. This isn't a shock. This he's not on a bad bad spell. It's been like this for the last three, four years, and that's what the real worry is because we haven't seen any light like to it. Any of the three previous clubs that took a gamble him has saw it. And that's what's worrying for me. Yeah, I yeah, think it, that, that a... sorry, so David, I was just time.
3: gonna say that that spot on and that was a big highlight. Everybody said it and I, I remember saying it about um, dessers but I also said to caveat that, it would be unfair not to say that I said you have to trust the manager the manager will live yeah. and die by these signings and the manager did indeed live and die by these signings and now unfortunately for, for Leek Clement he needs to try and get something out of them but he'll know himself, there's no way he's standing there at the sidelines and, and being so I'm not going to say aggressive David but he's he's definitely different in how he approaches things, demanding, right? He's more demanding. I think that's fair of, of what he expects from this team. There's no way he's standing on that sideline thinking that this, these boys are good enough for the club.
2: No, and it reminds me a wee bit of Brandon Barker. Um, did you see the thing a couple of weeks ago, Trent Alexander-Arnold? Was <laughs> yes, this is best unbelievable. Opponent? Yeah, and he said Brandon Barker, Told him absolutely. he says that boy's going to be the best player in the world when he was at Man City. Every coach that's worked with Brandon Barker, City, Rangers, hips anywhere, says you should see this boy in training. But they just cannot get it unlocked. No coach has been able to unlock it on the pitch for whatever reason. You know, through obviously the ability is there, but for some reason it never translates onto the part. And I, I just every time I watch Lammers, that's exactly the, the thought that's going through my head. That clearly, as Stevie said, look at the clubs he's been at. Clearly, people see ability there. Right, but they just can't convert it onto the park, which yeah. unfortunately is no use to anybody. And and CG, I think it's 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 a really good point. We'll move on to a couple of positives then. There weren't yes. many yesterday, um, because as we see, even the guys that played okay, Lundstrom was one they were still making mistakes you know it wasn't nobody with the exception of the goalkeeper oh thank god for the goalkeeper um, yes. nobody yes. with ex- the exception of jack um was was error free uh, i thought for example in the first half both full backs struggled that's really the first physically i've seen um uh, i've seen Yelmaz bullied um but i also thought ben davis i thought shankland ripped him apart in the first half yesterday um the midfields, you know, Raskin and and, and Lundstrom were were putting passes, giving the ball away unnecessarily, and then the front line just, just didn't function. Um but we did keep at it, um and we did keep going. So there was a positivity there. But also when Danilo came on, now you could see he's working his way back to fitness. You could see that, you know, he's he's not quite there yet. But a wee bit like Shankland, because I think Shankland deserves praise for this. It's not just height, by the way, that does Yilmaz on that opening goal. If you watch, both both the goals are quite similar in a way. That It's that movement that goal scorers yes, have. And there is a difference between a goal scorer and a forward. Watch both of them with a defender. They move forward, which takes the defender under the ball, but then they quickly move back. It's it's really intelligent, and it's it's all done in a split second, but it's just a couple of steps inside. The defender goes with him, and then you pull off him. The defender's under the ball. You're there for the header. Both of them did that, and both of them deserve real credit. It was excellent play. Um, Danilo's movement, CJ, just you instantly saw the difference where he was taking the Hearts defenders into places they didn't really want to go. And on top of that, although it didn't quite work out, he was... Involved in linking up a lot of play through the centre of the box. Now, yeah, that didn't work out in terms of a a goal directly. But what that does is it gets the defenders turning and creates a bit of confusion and creates a bit of danger in their mind. You've got to pile that on when you're facing basically a siege defence. He does look a player whenever we've seen him this season. And he just looks, I think, more natural
1: a goal scorer. Yeah, you can tell that he really wants a goal as well. Like, even Spartak, when he came on, I thought he changed the game as well. I know he had a very brief appearance there, but hitting the bar with a shot, forcing it, running in behind, it's, it's instant, especially when you're watching, again, not a hard point again, but the Lammers and Destas, I feel like sometimes where they are, they're they're no sniffing at the chances they're no diving at the front post they're no breaking their neck to go ahead and do this we've already seen it not even being funny that he has put his face where it hurts to score a goal you know what I mean he is a goal scorer that's what he wants today for this club and I thought just him coming on set the crowd in the right way because we know we've got a goal scorer there, we can see his movement, we can see his trying, he's seen, we can see his goat sucking about him again to drag these defenders in, you're absolutely spot on, that's why I was kind of a wee bit of a Cholak fanboy at the free of us because I liked these movement in and around the box and I think we've been starved of that and unfortunately again with his injury it's kind of starved us of that as well but it's good to see him starting or coming into the game and I'm hoping to see him starting very very soon, it's just how fit actually is he because if we can get him 100% fit, I think he'll be a massive asset for this football club because you can see it, David, just like you're saying there, he can sniff at the goals. His movement's spectacular. It's that little fake inside that creates mm-hmm. the gap that gets the ball over the defender. If that's just somebody standing next to him, the defender's clearing that all. way that. It's yep. the, yeah. It's the, it's the movement that does the defender and not one other person, besides obviously yourself a couple of minutes ago, has actually mentioned it. It's sensational centre-forward play.
2: Yeah, and, and like I say, you know, fair play to Shankland, who... Yeah, he's good as um, well, yeah. He he did exactly that as well and it is just guys that end up Stevie at the end of the season with good figures it's because, you know, we go back, I'm not comparing an ability but, you know, Boyd McCoy, etc, it's just the weath, I'm not sure you can teach it, I I think, you know, you can instruct them, but I think a lot of it is instinctive where it's just oh there's Tavi, has got the ball so what I'll do is I'll do, because it all happens so quickly it's just a second, it's just I'll move him in and there we go and it it was brilliant play I thought
3: Yeah absolutely I actually said, uh, I think I spoke to you after on the way home might have been, I said the boy had got caught under it but it wasn't until I watched it earlier that I I saw exactly what you're talking about and it's that movement takes him in, just like you said, and it's enough for him then to be in an area where he doesn't want to be, he's under the ball, and as soon as Tav hits it, there was that wee noise from the crowd that thinks, oh, that's got a chance, and then, you know, that movement does him completely, and not only does the movement is good, the header's actually brilliant. Downward, into the corner, you know... Unsavable. Yeah, it is unsavable. From that range, a lot of people maybe wouldn't have been brave enough. Would have just tried to get it on target and anything, you know, but he's actually directed it perfectly in. And there's evidence to suggest, you know, as we said before, there's evidence to suggest that this boy can take chances. And yeah, he's missed a couple, but I don't mind striking. Oh, missing That's it. If they're going to be in there to do it, then I don't mind that happening because, you know, the evidence suggests that he will take the bigger chances. So yeah, I'm with you boys. I, I have quietly... Hope pinned my hopes on this boy being the one that at the moment can can kind of fire us a goal because we need something. I'm with, I'm with you boys as well that you know there comes to a point where it was asked of me yesterday actually. You know what point do you say about Dessers and Lammers, The experiment just isn't working. We need to change it. I think we're there now. As CJ says, you know, 19 games for Lammers, Dessers has had a run as a number nine. I don't have his sort of statistic to hand, but you know this isn't this isn't something that's going to fix itself. You know, if we go to Dundee on Wednesday night and and they boys do well and perform, the the crowd aren't going to suddenly change their mind and say, right, these boys are great after all. Like you said earlier, David, I think it is time to change it up. And the thing we're bringing in somebody like Ross McCausland is the crowd will go with them naturally. Crowd of hell, yes, 100%.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: Then it changes the dynamic of what you're seeing. And then, you know, perhaps that when Cantwell is trying to force stuff and when Tav is playing the ball into the box and these other wee things that we are doing, perhaps if we're managing to change it up and there's more of a threat in there, then, you know, as you said earlier about the whole latent thing, you know, Ross McCausland's going to come in there thinking, well, I should be playing. Yeah. You know, I should, yeah. you know, I've got this ability. So, you know, throw them in and see where it takes us. And, and we're saying throw, I'm saying throwing them in and that that's a wee bit unfair I think he's earned his chance because of the cameos that he's done well in. So give him an opportunity. Let's see if he can do something. Ross McCausland isn't a young boy anymore. He's 20. Mm-hmm. So let's see if he's got the ability. I believe he does have something about him. We're going to have to spend big on wingers. That's, you know, he wants to play with wingers. We've only really got Rabi Matondo. I think that Sima, you know, and Danilo up front might be quite interesting at some point, but he's having to play left side and he's doing a great job. There's no criticism there, but I think he might be more potent or, you know, more effectual, perhaps, in a, in a striking role. You know, I think both of them together might be interesting, but we're going to need to spend on wingers. So the point being is, why don't we see if McCausland will save us a few balls oh, and see if he can be a, a squad player? So, I'm with you boys, Give these, change it up a wee bit. And he's given them an opportunity that's been three games now. We haven't seen enough, so let's see perhaps if others can, can do it, especially in Dundee on a Wednesday night, it's not going to be an easy game. Can we afford, you know, the crowd to be kind of on, not not on their backs, but can we afford for them to be wondering what we're going to get every time they get the ball? Because there's no... Did you feel it yesterday, David? There's no hype mm-hmm. when you get the ball. There's no... no there's worry. There's yeah. Stress. Yeah. There's stress, yeah. There's, yeah, there's stress,
2: and there's no patience either. And whenever they do anything wrong, you hear it from the crowd. That's what I mean about you can be too far gone. Uh-huh, and yeah. I I do already think both of them are. And people who listen to these shows know that I'm, no I'm generally very slow to, to kind of turn on a player. Um, yeah. But I, I just don't think it's helped. I don't think it's helped them either, by the way, you know, being out there because they're, I said to you yesterday, Stevie, they're dying on the vine out there. You can see it.
1: Um, see when you, sorry, sorry, David, I was just going to go say me. just to answer um, Stevie's question. Desos was four and eighteen. See if you combine them both, they've scored five goals between them in thirty-seven matches this season. Yeah, that's, that's nowhere near, near good enough. That's that's. See when you just hear that and you see it and you let that register how many minutes they're playing as well? Like that's horrifying to actually see and <laughs> yeah, the, die. That's the you
2: big have worry. to, for the sake of the team, you have to change it around. Now, before I ask you about this, lads, um, I think it's important to declare a, my bias, right? Because you know we're not neutral here; we're all Rangers fans. But also, in the case of the Hearts manager Stephen Naismith, I don't like him. Okay, yep. um, and I think I don't need to explain why. Uh, some of you will think that's harsh. A lot of you will agree with me. So. Uh, when he came in, yes, end into the press conference. Very upset, you could see that. Understandably so. But he then said that it was never a penalty because he'd watched it back. I hadn't seen it at that time. Um, I don't think anyone in the room had. But he said, it's not a penalty. He saw it back and Rangers were blocking at every set piece. Uh, and in this one, John Lundstrom, he singled out, he said, John Lundstrom blocks their... Uh, blocks their defender, so even though there is a pull, it shouldn't have been a penalty because it should have been a free kick to Hearts. He then said he asked the referee John Beaton, and Beaton said, "I'm not showing a build-up; I'm just showing the incident, and I to make my mind up from that." So, um, did he have a point? I went away and and like I'm <coughs> I think I'm okay at saying we got away with one there, right? I think I'll, I'll hold my hands up to it afterwards. Maybe not at the time. But uh, I went back and watched it, and I cannot for the life of me see what he's talking about. I really can't. And I've tried, you know, a few angles, still struggling to see it. I'll start with you, Stevie. You're a qualified referee. Does he have a point? Or was it simply a couple of minutes after a painful defeat, Sour Grapes? <laughs>
3: Now retired referee, David, so... Um, of course, yes. Um, which CJ uh, will testify is a good thing for everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, listen, I, I I would like to think I'm quite honest when it comes to these things as well. John Beaton had a good game yesterday. He didn't see that, and I absolutely understand why he didn't see it, because he would have not only been watching the corner being taken, but he's got so much to keep his eye on that he's, he's maybe not seen it he, you don't see it and um, no criticism of the referee there. That's what VAR's there for. Is it soft? Absolutely it is. I, I agree it's soft. But if you pull somebody's jersey and then you keep hold of it and they fall over, you know, you can argue all you want about why should he fall over and why should he do this. But he's quite entitled to play for that penalty and fall over when he feels that happening. So, you know, it's heart's own stupidity. There was no foul there you know, blocking does go on. Lundstrom's not impeded him. He's still got his hand on, on his jersey as, as Lundstrom can, as as they come together. And even then, before Lundstrom comes into the picture, he's still pulling him anyway.
2: Mm.
3: So, you know, and people say that this happens all the time and it does happen all the time, but the difference in the law is clear. Could Connor Goldson have got that ball? The answer is yes. Very much like Rodri at Old Trafford, I, I was going to say, I was going to ask about that. So that is something you see a hundred times in the penalty area. And the difference is the argument is Rodri's on the end of that. And that's why it then becomes a foul. Now people get pulled and shoved and grabbed all the time. right? And people will then say, well, look, that happens a hundred times a game. You'll end up with a hundred penalties. That's not the law. That's not where... That's not where it's allowed. You know, the same as, as you know, blocking, you can do that to an extent. It happens all the time. It's part of the game. But if you're going to affect the play, which is a big thing, David, if you're going to affect the play, then, you know, and there were similar. Let's look at another one yesterday in the Old Trafford again. Haaland. Did you see the one where Haaland got basically manhandled to the ground?
2: Yes. Yeah,
3: argu- yeah, arguably it should have been. But the argument then on the other side is he's not getting on any of that ball. Yep. So that's the difference of those decisions that that's the two enough. penalties yesterday. I'm not saying it's right. You know, there's an argument there, but that's how the officials look at it. So was Connor Goldson going to get on the end of that? Arguably, yes. Was Rodri going to get on the end of it? Arguably, yes. And that's why the penalty kick's given. It was delightful tears of of pain from Stephen Naismith. If I could have been Cartman in that we. Need- <laughs> You go up and <laughs> ah. lick his face and say, Oh, admirable joy, or salty tears. Then I would have been now, I'm not quite Cartman shape as such. Oh, you need to dress been, like it's Halloween, right. it. get the Halloween outfit right. with uh, Stephen Naismith's face next to me doing that. But yeah, listen, David, um, there was a I, I agree with you, I don't like him either. Obvious reasons why, but also, see, last time he was in Ibrooks, he, he behaved quite poorly as well, in the tunnel and everything else in the 2-2 game, so I have uh, I enjoyed every minute of his big sour face coming in yesterday, so um, it would be childish to say, get it up him, but, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, him. I'm bigger than that so I won't say it, but if you all listen to <laughs> me say it, that's absolutely fine.
2: CJ, you play more, a lot more, than, than Stevie and I do these days. Mm-hmm. Blocking, it does go on... I thought it it was attacking. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Hearts were doing it. Uh, You know, and there is a difference between blocking and actually taking a man out. Blocking is yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't do that, obviously. But (laughs) you are allowed to go and stand
1: where the guy wants to run. You don't need to give him a clear run at the ball. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, it's almost like protecting your own man eh? like mostly the blocking happens when you put someone else beside you and then you're just trying to get them so they've got a free run towards the ball to be able to attack as long as you're not pulling or anything like that eh? like I'm not exactly the, the biggest human so I'm not really the biggest <laughs> target face set pieces if I'm honest, I'm usually told to go and stand next to the goalie but I've obviously seen a lot of it and it's every level no matter what you're playing at, Stevie will test this day there's always a block there because you want your biggest aerial threat to have a wee bit more room because that's going to be the guy that's getting pulled or getting pulled back so so you just stand next to him, try and shield him a and that's exactly what Rangers do. There's never a fill there, and it's I just think it's funny that they're just ignoring the clear indication of the shot nearly getting swapped. It was like, yeah, at the end of a game when you change your shot. No one wants to talk about that, they want to talk about a block that happens in every single set piece ever. The amount of goals we've conceded over the years with the Aberdeens blocking and everything like that, hey, eh? like even the Katic penalty from a few years ago. And people are looking at that with the shot pill. It's all been the exact same. So I just find it very ironic that it's now a problem when we get our when correct we, decision. Yeah, when we do. Yeah. But
2: the, the other thing about it is, I watched, Stevie, Stevie's right, I watched the Manchester City game. Manchester City do exact it, same. They do it. They do yeah. it brilliantly. You know, yeah, they, they don't do fail. They do it better but, than anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like most things. Um, but, yeah, you know, yeah. they, knew the, <clears throat> they knew United were trying to get the ball to Maguire at set pieces. So he never had a clear run at the ball. Because you don't want a guy who's brilliant no. in the air running 10 yards. One of our problems, I mean, how many goals last season did we concede because yeah. the big guy got clear runs at, at the delivery. Um, so we get the points and we move on. Now, just to, to move away, obviously we've done D uh, midweek, but that's the manager's first competitive week. Three games. Um, Hibs, Prague, Hearts. Initial thoughts, because he's only been here a couple of weeks. We've heard from him a few times. I think I think he has been quite good at getting his philosophy across Stevie. Um, But, yeah, it's too early to tell one way or the other. But I think so far, he's done pretty much all he could have done.
3: Yeah, spot on. I mean, we can't sit here and say he's going to be wonderful, he's going to be a success. You know, we're all, I think, a bit more guarded this time round because of, not Clement's fault, but because of what's happened to us in the last couple of years. And I think that's totally understandable. But in terms of what he could have achieved in this week with the squad he has, the players he has available, the injury situation, you know, as CJ touched on slightly, he's clearly got an issue with the fitness levels of this team. He's mentioned it. You know, I think yesterday was the only time he hasn't mentioned in a press conference about the fitness of, of these players. So... <laughs>
2: no, I was and, reading it back. There was one we reference. There was, well, so... It was...
3: so? Well, fair yeah. enough. He's, he's mentioned it then more or less every time. and. I think that that speaks volumes of where he, or his levels of of in, you know of standards are and, and where he wants to get us to. So I think all in all, you know, he's come through the last week with flying colours. But the good thing about it, David, is that sometimes when a new manager comes in, you get this bounce where you know everything goes swimmingly and and you see you know he's maybe standing at the touchline saying, well, I don't see where all the issues are. Clement's literally seen the good, the bad and the very ugly. You know, Prague during the week was 65 minutes of of torture, more or less. And he still managed to get 20 good minutes out of them. So he's seen that and then he's seen yesterday up close. Now, Hibbs was a bit of a freak in that they came and were wide open and that's when we were at our best. So that didn't really teach him much, but he would learn more from the last two games, I think, than he did in that one. But in terms of Clement in the first week, He's done everything necessary. Funnily enough, Dundee away will be a tricky game because they're, they've got a result at the weekend and they'll kind of be flying high. And, you know, that wee bunch, I think there's two or three points between kind of last and, or sorry, not last, but 11th and, and fourth. So they'll feel like they can kind of push on and it'll be a tricky game for us. So he'll keep learning. But in terms of first week, David, and, and what he's done and what he has to work with, then I think he's done wonderfully well. CJ?
1: Yeah, kinda like uh, Stevie and I'm like yourself, we've all kind of spoke about it when it happened. We're not exactly gonna get too over it. This and like all exciting and We're kinda guarded, you know what I mean? Our heart's been broken a couple of times, we're just taking it nice and slow, but I'd actually argue the the tactical adjustments he made at half time versus Sparta is Son, it's kind of gave me a wee bit more a boost, maybe even more so. Then the 4 the 0 versus him is obviously great, we love to see it. And the 1 versus hearts is obviously great, but it was, he's seen a lot of the ugly side of the game. But we were getting absolutely hounded and ripped apart in that first 45 minutes versus Spart, We could have been four or five down. The changes they made, despite, again, limited squad with injuries, near left-back having to play a formation, they didn't know. The adjustments that he made at half-time for us to go and make several chances in that second half to win it shows he's definitely got something about him. It's just going to take a bit of time. I feel like we've got a right manager in. He knows what he's doing. We just need to give him time to get there. And I think he will get there in my, in my time. Yeah, I, hope, I, think I, hope I hope so. Yes, yeah, fingers crossed. Right <laughs> then,
2: um, uh, that will do do us for this afternoon. It was great to, to get you both back, lads. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Stevie, big interview coming up, by
3: here. Yeah, um, as you boys know, I kept this one fairly quiet because sometimes, you know, things get cancelled or whatever, but delighted this morning to record an interview with Richard Gough. 40 minutes, David, and I had a whole list of things to ask him about nine in a row, about his time there, and then some in the present-day stuff, and we barely scratched the surface. In truth, you know, a guy that's won 18 honours and captain the club mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame, you know, you would need five hours just to get somewhere. But we got 40 minutes, and it's a brilliant lesson, and he just tells us all about Walter, all about Graham Soonis, all about Gascoigne, Loudrop, and, you know, some silly stuff flung in, you know, favourite goals, favourite moments of the club who was the best dressed, worst dressed, that kind of stuff. (laughs) it's all, it's all quite good. So you'll be able to find that on the the four lads website. And you can also find it on four lads podcast, which you can find on all of the podcast providers, David, we're on Spotify and um, Apple, all them sort of things. Just simply type in four lads, bite size podcast. And we do a wee after game stuff, as you know, myself and Sarah on match days and stuff like that. So, um, it's just started. It's supposed to be on alternative because we do, like we do the longer stuff here on Heart and Hand. But this is just 15-20 minutes. So, albeit Richard Goss interview is a feature interview, it's forty minutes. But normally
2: it, it would have been a bit offside to get the great Richard, uh, Goss and, and do Goss ten minutes. Ten minutes, yeah. mate. Aye, aye, aye absolutely. <laughs> but
3: um, hopefully, people will find that. So, obviously, Four Lads of the Dream on Twitter and and Instagram and stuff like that, and you can find it on all the podcast websites just by typing in four lads bite-sized podcast so um hopefully people enjoy it i think it's brilliant it's my era i absolutely love that team and um i thought golf was brilliant he really really gave us um a great insight into what that was like and as i said leeds Marcy, haitley mccoy's Gaza, everything david it's all in there so hopefully people enjoy it when it comes out CJ,
2: you can always find uh, at his channel, CJ, which is uh, doing very well for itself.
1: That is me. I've not really got anything quite as cool going on, if I'm honest with you, but <laughs> I'll be there talking to Dundee very shortly, hopefully smiling for ear to ear, celebrating another win in a couple of days. That would be nice.
2: Well, I just I wanted to tell you this, um, because uh, my nephew, who is 10, uh, I was seeing him the other day, and my sister says, oh, he started listening to your podcast. I said, "Oh, that, that's great." I said, uh, "Do you enjoy it?" He said, "I. It's nearly as good as CJ Novo's." <laughs> no, no, fucking like he wasn't taking the piss. He wasn't, <laughs> you know, it wasn't done to be cheeky. He just genuinely uh, meant it as a compliment. So oh, there you go, mate. You. This thank is
3: you. the thing. On my, this, shout on lad. i told you, thing. guys. I've told you before. My old man's seventy. And he sits at home and, and kind of watches the, the Ranger stuff and all that. And I'll say, did you watch the, the review or did you read the blog and that? He said, no, I watched CJ. He was And <laughs> <laughs> what he texted me the other day, he says, oh, CJ, I've seen him. He's doing them in his car these days. They're still brilliant, though. I'm like, brilliant, Dad, thanks. I'll, <laughs> I'll so aye, okay, Dave, aye. We're, we're we're trailing in the, in the family stakes with it, aren't we? So what do yeah, you do yeah, about it? that? Yeah, there's nothing you can do. I
2: just because, uh, like I say, it, you know, when I say it, it sounds like he was just being cheeky. He wasn't he genuinely yeah. meant it as a compliment. Um so quite frankly, at the, the stage I am in life, I'll take any compliments I can get. So uh I, I I took it with good grace. Right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Uh of course here on Heartland I'll be back uh, later in the week and available all the time on our Patreon. So thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll speak to you again soon. Take care, everybody. Bye bye.